Blog Talk Radio.
ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday night. That was I Am Love by music artist, indie music artist, Ed Roman. He has been on the show before, and his music always makes me feel so good. So with it being a rainy night in Florida, I decided to play that one. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason. I want to welcome you all to the show, and I want to once again, I know y'all get tired of hearing it, but we're going to keep saying it. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all are the reason this show is so successful. Like I tell you at every show, this is not my show. It is your show. You the listener, you the guest. Y'all are the ones that have made this show so successful. And ladies and gentlemen, we are in our second year. The month of July, celebrate the second year. We started on July the 26th, 2016. And when I started, I thought, well, I would be happy if I got 10,000 listeners just on the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we surpassed that in the first six months. We are now in our second year. And just on the show alone, we have reached 126,566 listeners. And Australia, I want to say thank you very much because y'all continue to be our biggest listening base. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for giving us the Teskey Brothers because those guys are so rocking. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened to the Teskey Brothers, go pull up their music. They are a blues band that should be in the Mississippi Delta or on Bourbon Street on a corner because they are absolutely, I don't know where they came from but they need to be on Bourbon Street or in the Delta. They're absolutely marvelous. Now, when you add all the podcasts that we are now on, which includes iTunes and YouTube and FM.com and TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, Reverb Nation, ladies and gentlemen, we are on Reverb Nation, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We now have an audience reach of almost 200,000 listeners. So we're growing by leaps and bounds. And again, I am so, so grateful. Y'all don't know the opportunity that you are giving the guests to be heard in places they might not be heard, like Sudan and Egypt and Israel and Germany and France and Australia and Portugal and Spain and South Africa and all the little countries that, that they might not be heard. So I am so, so very, very grateful. Now, there's two ways, ladies and gentlemen, that you can get on this show, and, and we have just about filled up through December. I've got maybe one or two dates left in December. So I'm booking for next year. But there's two ways to get on the show. One, you can come on the show as a guest. I don't care if you're an author, a musician, you have a platform, you have a cause, you have a political affiliation, or you just want to chat. I don't care. It's your show. You can do what you want to. Or if you're kind of nervous about doing that and you want to become a sponsor on the show, y'all, you can do that too. And what you do if you want to become a sponsor on the show, I don't charge an arm and a leg. I don't intend to make any money off this. I charge 10 bucks for 30 days. If you send me an MP3 or you send it written form and I read it, and I send you an invoice through PayPal, I run it for 30 days. No matter how many shows I have in that 30 days, I run that ad for, for all 30 days of those shows. Normally the shows run Wednesday through Saturday nights. If for whatever reason, because most of you know my husband is very, very ill, if for whatever reason I have to reschedule a show, the ad follows the show. So you're still going to get your 30 days regardless. And what you do, if 
you want to be on the show or if you want to become a sponsor for the show is you contact me at off the chain radio at yahoo dot com. I'll tell you what, what I need from you, I'll tell you what to send me and then we'll get you booked either as a sponsor or as a guest. It it'll be the best hour that you've ever spent, I'm gonna tell you. So with that being said, I want to welcome a couple of new sponsors to the show that have joined us, and there will be even two more later on in the show. But I want to start off with J. Traveler Pelton. She has a trilogy called the Oberlin Trilogy, and one of the books in the trilogy is The Infant Conspiracy, and it can be found on Amazon, and it goes like this. In 2018, the Oberlins are a shadow family. The parents, Noel and Violet, along with their children, are a very close-knit family in more ways than one. They all work in the family farm. The children are supposed to take over the farm after the brothers return from their hitch with Uncle Sam so the parents can retire. Yeah, fat chance. But things go south real fast when a savage virus is turned loose on the unsuspecting public. Join the Oberlins as they set out to make the world a safer place. So... No, you can't go now, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to wait. But after the show, check out J. Traveler Pelton and the um, author of The Infant Conspiracy. I also want to welcome a gentleman that has also been on the show. His name is John Isaac Jones, and he has a book of short stories called Alabama Stories. Now, this, young, this gentleman is from Alabama, and this collection of short stories is written from the eyes of a 12-year-old boy, in the Cotton State, and I've read this little book. It's cute as it can be. He puts you right in the middle of rural Alabama. Check it out on Amazon Kindle. It's fun, entertaining, and delightful. Now, remember I said I wanted to thank Australia because they're our biggest listing base? I want to thank them again because they helped this next sponsor go to number one in their country. Author Diane Moat. She has a book series called the Sam Holden Series. The first in the series is called Dog Gone, and she has released the second in the series called Dog Fight. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect said animal, she'll be there, and she isn't giving up any time soon. You have been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilantism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world while she unknowingly circles his. As they chase each other, will Sam put those she loves most in harm's way in order to break up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life that she could ever leave. These are Diane Moat's Dog Gone and Dog Fight on Amazon. After the show, also check her out. Now then, I want to welcome a first-time guest to the show, and I hope that it will be not the only time, because when I started doing, y'all know I do a deep dive on all my guests. I just I have to do that. I found she is so fascinating, and she her characters are so fascinating, but, but she herself is fascinating. She is author Melinda... Kassira, and she writes fantastic short stories, novels, and books when she's not being kidnapped by dragons or chased by armies of fictional creatures. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that alone 
just said, okay, go do your deep dive on her. So, Melinda, welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're spending a, a few minutes with me, and let's just get started. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Melinda doesn't yet understand that this hour is going to fly by, and and I did not get to tell her that, and, and most of y'all know that with my first-time visitors to the show, I'll tell them that they're not going to believe it when I tell them our show is about to come to an end because it's going to fly so fast. So be warned, Melinda, when I tell you that our time is coming to an end, you're going to say, I can't believe it's going by so fast. So just keep that in the back of your memory bank. Let's talk about okay. you for a minute. Sure. Fictional characters, dragons, kidnappings, chased. Was this something from your childhood that you brought into your adult life? Have you always had spun these tales of mythical creatures and guardian angels and dragons in your mind? Yes, I was that little kid um, in school staring out the window watching fictional battles play out instead of paying attention. <laughs> I freely admit this. So, Thankfully, I'm an audio learner. <laughs> so how many that times helped. did you get... How many times did you get in trouble because you weren't sitting forward facing the teacher? Oh, pretty often. Like, what are you looking at out there is, was the common question. And then sometimes uh, I – and that, but also my um, my little sister <laughs> used to get bored in her classroom in kindergarten, and she'd wander over to my classroom to see what I was doing. <laughs> So the teacher would be like, what are you looking at out there? And I'd look over at her and see my little sister out in the hallway. I'd be like, oh, no, I need to go take her back to class. <laughs> this is a common occurrence. So it was kind of fun, though. So let me ask you this. When, when did you decide that you wanted to bring your characters to the enjoyment of others, because I've been to your website, I've, I've seen your book covers, I've read about your characters, and, and I haven't even read any yet, but I'm already hooked. Did you did you start this journey intentionally? Did you fall into it? Did you have to do something else to get here? It was always something I was going to do someday because I love I I've been writing them for years. But it was always something I was going to do someday, not today, you know. And then um, in 2014, my sister passed away. And before she died, her last word to me was she said, you know, you need to, you need to, these stories that you should tell me that you're always writing, you need to publish them. You need to, you know, promise me that you'll publish them. And so, and I, and, and after that, I was, I had to do it. <laughs> I had to take the plunge and figure out how to get it out there and, and do it because she that was her last wish. That was the last thing she said to me. The I, That was about a week before she died. I, I think she had some feeling that the end was coming. Um, so. Well, before the show, we talked about your sister's affliction. Now, ladies and gentlemen, y'all that know me know that my husband is an insulin-dependent diabetic along with his other ailments. And Melinda, correct me if I'm wrong. Your sister died from complications of diabetes, correct? Yes. Yes, according to Coroner's report, that's what it was. So. 
in your life and her life, did you find it difficult that the unassuming or the assuming public, they do not understand that A, diabetes is a very personal illness. It's not one size fits all. And two, it's not what one eats that causes the problem. It's the pancreas does not do its job that causes the illness. Yes. And and another thing that people don't often know is that your body works against you. Your liver stores sugar and Sometimes you can have perfect control and eat, you know, just vegetables and your body could decide, you know, some more sugar in our blood because your body doesn't understand the insulin floating around. It's not something it made. It's not even human, you know, the insulin that your diabetics are putting into themselves. And sometimes it'll punch and it'll punch out sugars and they'll go from being, you know, somewhat in range to being sky high. And it's, it's very frustrating for them. You can do everything right and your body can just work against you. And and then it can go in the opposite direction just as fast. You can be bouncing along, yes. you know, on an even keel, and then all of a sudden you look over and the one you love is sitting there going, I think I'm in trouble. And I ha- my husband has a service dog. He's a little Maltese, and he alerts me when he's going into crisis because they can smell a sweet odor that comes out of the pores in the mouth of a diabetic that we can't smell. So he'll tell me when his daddy's in trouble and when yeah. he's getting ready to go in trouble, whether he needs orange. Our, our staple around here is orange juice, chocolate, and peanut butter. Yeah, that's how it was where I, where in my home, too, with my sister. Did, did you find it frustrating when well-meaning people said, well, my my uncle John or, or my aunt Susie or my daddy was a diabetic and this is what you need to do. Yes. Because uh, often they're talking about type 2 diabetes, which is very, which is different. There's there's things that the correct procedures for for type 2 diabetes are not always the right thing when you're, in, when you're insulin dependent, which is type 1 diabetes. Because we have and that, we have actually type diabetics in the family and they'd be maybe my sister would be like no that's not the way that I need to handle my husband started out as now they call it insulin dependent or non-insulin but he started out as a type 2 diabetic he was on pills forever and a day well the pills quit working because the body quit working the organs quit working yeah. so I had to he went from a type 2 to a type 1 and we have some well-meaning friends that say, well, Yvonne, you need to do this. I'm a diabetic. You need to do that. And I'm going, I am perfectly capable of taking care of my husband. Thank you very much. But it is a very personal illness. It's not one size fits yeah. all. <laughs> no, it's not. Everybody's body is different. My sister had friends that were also insulin dependent, and they never, they were always in range. And she'd be frustrated. She'd be so frustrated. She's like, I'm doing everything right. And their uh-huh. sugar is in range, and mine is always high because you're, like I said, your body doesn't, you know, if, if your body just fights against you sometimes. And then it gets tired. Did you find that, yeah. Melinda, that your sister just, her body just got tired? Because it is, it's an internal battle with yeah. with the organs, 
and the bloodstream and the the body's natural insulin and just the psych the psychosis of it. I mean, you go it's almost like being bipolar. You go from one extreme of the emotion spectrum to the other and and you there's sometimes it's so hard to find a balance. It is. It is. It's it's and there's also a lot of complications with diabetes that people don't know about. You know, there's there's side effects for insulin and if you're on it for a very long time it, it has an effect on you. You know, on yep. your mental processes, on on everything, because your body didn't make it; it didn't come from another human being. Most insulin comes from, I believe, it's pigs um, yep. or other animals. So you're, it's something that you're sticking in your body that it didn't make. It, sometimes it, you, she put the insulin in, and it would not affect your sugar at all. She'd have to take another dose. So your body uh-huh. would just be like, I don't know what this is. You know, you don't, you could get a bad batch of insulin, and your body would be like, I don't know what this is, but I'm not going to touch this. I'm gonna just and I'm not liking it. You so on I'm it out, and I'm going to beat you up because of it. You're going exactly. to pay. <laughs> exactly. And, it, and it's very difficult for diabetics to heal because their body's constantly at war with itself. So just yes. a paper cut can be can be it can take can be very difficult to heal, especially if it's on a foot or something. And and what you know, people and don't realize is what people don't realize is it causes heart attacks, strokes, blindness, yeah. um, loss of limbs. It causes uh, blockages in the arteries. It causes the kidneys to shut down. It, it, it also will cause and can cause uh, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. I mean, just yes. a whole range think, of things that, that diabetes causes. I think, yeah. I think towards the end that was my sister was getting something. I don't know if it was dementia or what, but her she just wasn't the same there was something she just wasn't the same person like you know that she just she had cha- she was she just changed over time uh-huh. she was young too my sister was 29 when she died she'd been a diabetic for um i think she was since she was 13 13 or 14 and it's it it, it changes you and they had her you know it's not just the diabetes it's not just the insulin because diabetics are also on many other drugs because they end up uh-huh. having thyroid issues or they end up having other issues you know, your your blood pressure, your blood cholesterol, your body just doesn't work right when one thing stops. You end up on a range of medications, and that just multiplies the um, the negative effects, the side effects. Like it's the more yes. stuff you're on, the more likely you're going to have a problem with one of the side effects, and some of them have fairly deadly side effects. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not only do they have side effects, but if – if the doctors are not communicating with each other or somebody else, yeah. they give you duplicates or they give you stuff that counteracts with each other. So not only is your body fighting off the diabetes, but now it's a fighting off all this artificial junk you're putting in your system. Yeah. And it says, okay, watch this. I'm going to show you who's boss. No, that's that's true. And 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 then also there you have hurdles with insurance. Every time my sister changed jobs, her diabetes was considered a prior illness. They wouldn't cover any of it for, oh you know, six months, a year. And the, the, the doctor visit, you have, to, you have to visit a doctor far more frequently with diabetes to make sure everything was okay, to get yep. your medication. They only give you, you know, they, they don't give you a year's supply of things. They give you six months or three months or, you know, and you have to keep coming back. And all of that is very expensive because you have your regular doctor, you have your endocrinologist, you have your other doctor, you know. Yeah, the lab work. 
Uh huh. It can get very, very expensive. And my, when my, and then if you happen to be out of work for a short amount of time, it's like, well, where do you get insulin from? <laughs> you know. You can't go get it on very the street corner because that the street drug doesn't work very well. No, and and even and and if you're out of work and you have to buy your own insurance, like my sister couldn't afford it. It was they wanted like thousands of dollars a month because oh the God. costs for a diabetic are very expensive. Even though she was relatively young at the time, she was out of work. Uh, she was out of work for the year before she. I think it was two years before she passed away. She the company she was working for went under and they laid everyone off, and she's been looking for another job. So that was extra stress on top of the. The illness. She was interviewing like crazy. She was an accountant. Um, she wasn't resting. No, I mean she did, but it. You know she needed to find a job because her insurance was mm-hmm. was very expensive, and you know it's diabetes is a is a difficult illness. <laughs> um, yes, ma'am. Oh, honey, you're preaching to the choir. I'm going to tell you what. It took me a long time to finally convinced my husband that he needed an endocrinologist and not just a regular DP, GP because his diabetes was uncontrollable and the pills that the GP oh. had him on was was pills that had not been used in years and it was causing him to gain weight which affects the diabetes which affects the heart the lungs the liver yada 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 and it just it became a vicious cycle Everything. and I finally said yeah I finally said we're done but it's like everything makes diabetes gain weight. It's so, it's like nearly impossible to lose weight. You need to have your sugar in range all the time, perfect numbers, and 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 then you might be able to lose a little bit of weight because in diabetes your body's constantly at war with itself. So what does your body do? Like it's either in starvation. Your body constantly feels like it's in starvation mode. So you yeah. on to every calorie you put in, which you she are. found that very challenging. No matter what she did, she could not lose weight. See, we have already educated folks, and I know they're going, wow, I didn't know that. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are informative, we're educational, we're also a lot of fun. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with author Melinda Casera. And we're going to learn about her last name because she's, her last name is so interesting. It just rolls off the tongue, but it has a little story behind it. So we will be right back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Melinda Casera, and we'll be right back. Horses See Ghosts, a new poetry book by Gannat Wise. It's been called Poetry for the Rest of Us, Amazon. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. 
Critics agree. It's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. Dot com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you know, so silly. You silly. Remember Did you write that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. And we are back with Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest tonight, author Melinda Cassera. And before we get into the characters... Melinda was telling me about her last name because I wasn't real sure how to pronounce it, and I sort of phonetically sounded it out, and it, I, I phonetically sounded it out the way that she pronounces it. But you have an interesting story about this. Do you mind telling the folks? I love it because it is so true about a lot of the immigrants that came over from across the pond, across the, halfway around the world, and the names changed. Yes, yes. My um, actually, it 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 starts before my grandfather came here. His mother was visiting her sister who was here, and she was pregnant to him. And I, she, so he ended up being born here. And then my my great grandmother's minister visit went back to somewhere in Hungary and took my yeah her her new baby with her. <laughs> back to the the farm over there we don't know exactly where he lived in Hungary what part or um, you know the borders have changed a lot during World War II so it may not have even been inside Hungary we're not nobody's 100% certain uncle's been back many many times to try and figure it out but he can't unfortunately there aren't any records left um, since the World War II and uh, so the war started and my grandfather had grown up in Hungary or what was then Hungary and um, he got drafted into the army because he was a young man at that time and I don't know if he saw any sort of action or anything I know one of his friends was uh, you know had a bit of a rank and um, he said you know hey you know why are you here you were born in the U.S. you know why don't you should go there you should get out of here this is not your war you weren't born here so he I know I don't know how exactly he got from Hungary to the U.S. I've been I've been trying to find that out from various relatives, but nobody seems to know the answer about how he got out of war-torn Europe and came to the U.S. But he did come. He arrived in New York City. Um, I I went to Ellis Island, but I didn't find him there. And and then I found out later that you know Ellis Island was just for immigrants. If he was born here, he probably didn't. He would not have had his. He would have been in a, you know the, he would have been in some different records because it kind of right. shuffled things around. So at some point I want to figure that out. I think it'd be kind of neat. 
so he came here, but he'd grown up in Hungary, so he could not speak a word of English. He could not read nor write English. So um, the family joke was always that we don't actually know if this is, you know, how you spell our last name or if it's correct at all. Like, he just insists it's Kuzera. Um, So that's it, my interesting it, little story about our last name. <laughs> it, it's amazing because we've all come from somewhere. That's a yeah. given. But the, the stories like like this one, your your great grandfather, a naturalized born American, raised in Hungary, fought in World War Two and war torn Europe, and then came back to his his homeland and couldn't speak English. Nope, because he was raised elsewhere. We can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. So whenever people talk about immigrant things, I'm like, hey, I I wouldn't be here if my grandfather hadn't come here. And my great 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 grandmother on my mother's side, she wanted to join a nunnery. Her family didn't have any money for it, so she was like, you know what? I'm going to the U.S. And she came over wow. here. <laughs> How amazing! Um, well, I'm glad you're here, yeah. Melinda, because I'm having a ball talking to you now. I found out something interesting about you and that sure. you love listening to the great courses. Yes. Oh, my God. I do, too. <laughs> I learned so much from oh, them. I love them. <laughs> they're an you know, addiction. They're the reason. They are. They're the reason my credit debt is so high. <laughs> oh, my God. I love them. <laughs> and I and I. I just I love them. You can learn so much, and if uh, some and they get these really interesting people to do these. Some of them like they need their own shows. They're just they're just the way they present things. I, I was listening to uh-huh. one about teaching English language, and it, you, which you'd think would be very boring, but like it was just the most fascinating twenty four hours I've ever spent listening to a book. It was awesome. <laughs> well, see, I have a natural I have a natural affinity to learn new things anyway, so. In here. It was just a natural progression to start listening to the great courses, especially when I was working on the historical novel that took place during the war between the states. I got the, that mm-hmm. that whole series of lessons on the Civil War. I learned stuff I didn't learn in school. Oh yes! Oh my God! And they're always finding out new things, so it's 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 such fun. I listened it's, to the one about amazing. exoplanets. Yeah, it's like just the things you learn in there. I also found out that you work in the publishing industry. Yes. What do I, you do? I do? I am the, I'm a project manager for IT for a uh, scholarly publisher. Um, they have, I believe, 90 different journals. They have a couple of trade, trade publication books and uh, two trade magazines. Um I've been there since 2009. So it would be fair to say that it was just a natural progression for you to put pen to paper and publish it. Well, I, I've been writing these stories since I was a little kid. So, yeah, I mean, but, it was something I was always going to do, but yeah. But for most indie authors, and I've been in this business for a long time, for most of them, yeah. they say, well, I want to publish a book, and they have no clue where to even start. You at least had a foundation of what you needed to do to get where you wanted to be. Um, I had 
some idea, but then the indie publishing thing is so different from traditional publishing. It's true. There's a lot I didn't know. I had, there was a lot I needed to learn, but and I didn't immediately jump into publishing. I started um, a website. It started out as a blog, and I did that for a couple of years while I was trying to figure out kind of get over, you know, I had to need a degree for my sister and um, try to pull together. I had written so many things that I hadn't actually finished any of them into an actual book. I had half-finished drafts of, like, 12 different books but in the same series, <laughs> but I hadn't actually finished one of them. So I, I understand that, Bailey. I understand so. that. But, but that's because our minds are so creative that it, we – we can't keep it all in, so we have to just write things no. down. When, like, even if we jump from one part of the series to another, and and, and I also, also like read when you when you finish a story, then it it can't change. But if you don't finish it, then it can keep changing, evolving. Like you can keep finding new things in it. It 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 you know it's like a never ending feature film that can keep going off in, <laughs> in different directions and finding new cool little twists. So that was that too. That sense that if I ended it, then the adventure is kind of over, and 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 writing it for me is an adventure, and I didn't want that. <laughs> so, Bless your heart. I struggle with that. Uh, yeah, I, I I understand that. It's like the never-ending story that we read as children. Mm-hmm. Now, I love you. That. <laughs> I, I've I read a statement in one of the sure. interviews that you gave, and you were you were talking about creating killer audio books, and as I'm reading what you meant by that, I'm going, "Amen, big amen!" Because I've listened to many many audio books in my lifetime since they started coming out, and some of them put me to sleep because they are so yeah. so boring. the The narrator is boring. The narrator is going just like this with no ex excitement in their voice and it never changes and I'm going what in the world and and then it, it, sometimes the music overpowers the storyline you nailed it when you talked about creating killer it has to be like a movie in your head that yeah. you're listening to I agree. How many bad audio books have you listened to in your lifetime? <laughs> I can't. It's hard to. Hi, this is Lenana and Jade inviting you. I'm sorry, my my radio's got a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> it's your poltergeist. Did your poltergeist have a name? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. But just for some reason, that last ad decided it wanted to play. And I'm going, no, we're not doing that. We already played you. <laughs> but this is what, what happens on live radio. But back to back to bad audio books. Have you listened to as many bad audio books as you have read bad books? Um, actually, I've listened to far more audio books than I've physically read books um i own about six i own over 1600 audiobooks and i've listened to 95 percent wow um 
every whenever Audible has a sale, I go through the sale and I look at my favorite the genres that I like, and I just go through and add everything to cart that sounds like it might be a fun listen. And then uh-huh. for the, I just listen to them for through the year. I, I have other authors that I follow, like their series, uh, and I'm always looking for someone new to to fall in love with. So, and yeah, I'm I'm bad. So I, most of the books that I've listened to have been are really really good. I'd say like the bad ones, there aren't there aren't as many. Some of them are more information dense. There's one right now I'm trying to listen to, The Silk Roads. It's all about the Orient and and the, the and the trade routes and and under, and just kind of kind of cure it just to fill my own curiosity about you know the Middle East and 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 all the all the different you know the history over there and the interaction with the West and as you know, all of our current problems came from somewhere, you know, uh-huh. the, everything that's going on. Like, there's a deep history over there that I don't know a whole lot about. So, um, and I had I had done another book before this that I listened to about sort of like the history of the Roman Empire of the Eastern side, you know, about Byzantium and, and, all, and, and all of that. And that was, that one was, parts of it were a little bit dull, but it was also very interesting, and I was just curious. Uh, so that led me to the Silk Roads, and that one I'm, I'm struggling to get through because it's 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 a lot of places and, and facts and figures, and it's I mean the narrator is doing the best that he can. Like it's just very <laughs> dry stuff, and I think that a lot of people don't understand. Like you can there's there's writing for people who are going to physically read a book, and then there's writing a book for audio, and be, and I think yes. because I am such an audiobook fanatic. And I freely admit this. Um, <laughs> I think I write more towards like with the. I mean, when I do, when I'm working on my own books, I have an app on my phone that will read them to me, and I do. I'm constantly doing, you know, checking, you know, how things sound. Something I want them to be an audiobook, and I want them to be a really good audiobook. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's a, and I notice there's a definite difference in writing for more of a print medium and writing for something that's going to be spoken aloud. Well, you just segued. You just, you you see, you just perfectly segued right into my next question. Let's talk about, ladies and gentlemen, this woman is, is a creative writing fool. Let's talk about your books. You've got The Curse Breaker. There's four books in the series. The cover alone is mind-boggling. I didn't even checked out the synopsis. Tell me about these books. They're beautiful. Thank you. I'm actually redoing the covers. <laughs> Why? Um, I love the covers. I did the Wow. Um, I, it's hard to get promotions from a lot of outlets. They they turn me down a lot. They don't like the cover. So, um and I also don't think that the covers represent well enough what the book actually is about. I, I like, so I, I had a new artist do the box set cover, and cause I, I really wanted to show more, because it is very much an emphasis on the characters, and I wanted a cover that showed that was a little more playful, because um, the stories are fun. They're not, I feel like the current covers, like, convey, like, that they're dark, and they're not, it's not grim dark. This is, this is not you know, the depressing kind of fantasy that you put the book down and go, oh, my God, I need to hug somebody. Because there are some books like that, I, but mine is not like that. <laughs> so, well, um, ladies, and I'm just going to read you the synopsis of The Curse Breakers. Magic is illegal, 
but enchanted trees walk, ghosts beg for help, and demons plot. Sounds like my house. Neither is prepared when their plans collide and ensnare an untrained mag and his young son. Sarn will do anything to protect his son, even if that means taking on the enchanted forest, ghost monsters, and a power he cannot fully control. But he must hurry. Time's running out and his master's calling. This is just from the the cover and then the synopsis makes me want to go get it. I mean, it, it no y'all can't go now. You got to wait because there's more. Yes, there's more, ladies and gentlemen. Shards of the present. This cover is, pardon the the expression. It is a kick-ass cover. Oh, thanks. That one's that one's not out yet. I I was I wanted to get it out. It started as a short thing that I wrote for for my newsletter for the fun of it, and it just sort of, the characters, it just took on a life of its own, so it's becoming a full-fledged novel. Um, I just need to finish it. <laughs> it's That's good. Ladies, I get and, and y'all going to have to stay on her, ladies and gentlemen, because it, it goes like this. Some presents should stay wrapped, and some adventures should stay in the past. The hunt begins this winter. Winter is coming to Coin a phrase from George R. R. Martin. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That one's a a bit of a fun. It's meant to be a fun holiday rom, but I mean there is still danger and magic and insanity because I wrote it and it's what I write. <laughs> All right, Angelic Keeper. I I, yes. I don't know who do who does. I see I can't talk tonight. Who does your covers? But this cover, <laughs> you, you're amazing. You are amazing. It's called The Angelic Keeper, ladies and gentlemen, and it's called This Summer, Not All Angels Come in Peace and They're Not Alone. One demon, two dragons, five angels, and a pack of memory-stealing beasts stand between young one woman and her past. That's a lot of aggravation. It looks like my normal day. When a supernatural conspiracy threatens her still-living twin and his young son, it's time for desperate measures. Sovan might be dead, but she won't let incorporality or amnesia stop her. To save her brother, she must first regain her past, but in doing so, she uncovers a dangerous secret, an angel killed to protect, and he's not alone. When Sovan crossed the line between life and death, she undermined the balance that underpins reality. Now a host of angels are out to stop her before she destabilizes it any further. For everything, there's a price, even for saving those she loves. Unless Sovan can find a loophole, all of reality might pay the ultimate price just so she can save her brother and his son, but she better hurry. Her magical twin is fighting for his life against a powerful demon bent on taking his soul, and his son is next in line. His Angelic Keeper is the first book in a humorous action-packed sword and sorcery series. Say that fast three times. Starring Sylvan from the Curse Breaker series, and with no allies to help her, this plucky ghost must brazen her way through the formless memory leeching gray of limbo to the purple spheres of heaven itself, and that might not even be enough to stop what's coming. Oh my goodness. How amazing is that? That book is just a lot of fun. <laughs> it sounds like it. And I went and ladies and gentlemen Melinda does not run her website, 
And y'all know that as writers, the voices in our head, they, they take over our lives. They tell us what to do, and they just take – well, her her characters run her website. So when you go to look at the website, you're not going to see Melinda discussing things. You're going to see the characters talk. They also run the newsletter, am I right? Yes, they do. And I bet they get you in a lot of trouble. I'm frequently kidnapped and um, need to be saved by them in the newsletter. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the. I think they're. I, I think they're. This is the second time or third time I've been kidnapped by somebody who's mad at them. And um, they, my newsletter is sort of a. It's a melding of genres. I mean, it's. Sometimes we're in their world and it's all high fantasy fun. Sometimes they're in my world and they're, you know, running around my office causing corporate mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, the the cover for The Enchanted and the cover for Darkens, that's all part of the Curse Breaker, right? Yes. yes. Just. Ladies and gentlemen, these book covers are amazing. If you, even if you're not a fantasy lover, you're going to be when you go and look at her. No, y'all can't go now. You got to wait. When you go and look at her covers and you read the synopsis to the books, I guarantee you, you will want to drop down into that land of dragons and and ghosts and angels and demons and sorcery and beast and. Who knows what else Melinda's going to come up with, right? It's also about families too. I mean, the the heart of the story is, is really this young father and his son, and and his this sister series is about his sister, um, and it's yeah, it's really about that. It's, it's fun. They get into a lot of mischief, <laughs> not, so on, which, not on purpose on their part. So, which story was it that your sister wanted you to complete? And to publish that you made that the promise curse about the curse, curse breakers. breakers. I I kind of felt like that. I've been working on that for a long time. <laughs> is it just the four books, or are you going to add more to the series? Oh no, I have I have drafts of many many books. Um, <laughs> it's it's open ended. It'll go on as long as the characters want it to go on, and they don't particularly. They don't want it to ever end. <laughs> well, there you go. So you could have people. All right, let me ask you this. If someone wanted to read the books but not read them in order, can they read them as standalones or do they have to read them in order? Um, you can read His Angelic Keeper, Enchanted, Darkens, and Faceted. They can all be read as standalones. The fourth book, Falls, really follows very close. It, it picks up like moments after book three ended. So I wouldn't recommend reading that as a standalone, um, nor would I recommend reading book five, which I'm working on now, to either as a standalone. Um, but I, that is, I'm hoping that will be the end of that arc, and then the next arc, story arc, will start, and that one could be read as a standalone. It'll either be book six or book seven. Um, trying to keep a mix of books that are very heavily intertwined with, you know, some books that are not as intertwined so that people can kind of pick things up where they want. And I make sure, like, I have the characters write notes in the beginning of every single book and at the end of every single book, and they and they let people know, like, if you if you can read this as a standalone or if you can't, um, they also give you 
sneak peeks and you know, other and make all sorts of promises that I, the author, <laughs> need to keep um, at the end of each book. <laughs> they put out an editorial Oh, your characters are so evil. <laughs> they are so evil. It's, it's, evil, well, no, evil. It's the little boy from the story. He runs the website and the newsletter, and, and he does most of the notes. Um, and so there's this fun back and forth in it. Um, the fourth book ended on a cliffhanger, and I really don't like cliffhangers. <laughs> so I he put it there's an apologetic note from him and then I, I wrote this nice bonus sequence um which told you like why this ended up being that way because I wasn't going to write the book that way but the characters just took the story in an unexpected direction and it was just so interesting that I was like you know I need to follow this where it goes and it couldn't go to the kind of ending that I like to have so it that really they did their thing. Melinda, I totally understand. There was a book that I was writing that I'd worked on and worked on and worked on, and it was the historical novel on the Civil War, and I wanted to write it one way. But the characters would not allow it, and every time I would sit down to write it the way I wanted to write it, I got complete writer's block. So when I said, okay, fine, here, y'all write the damn book. Just use me as your as your vessel. It started flowing. Yeah. I hate yeah. when that happens. <laughs> well, I took that moment where I had to follow where they went, and I wrote a little, uh, I guess, a short, very, very, a short story, a couple, of, like two thousand words, about how the characters mutinied and they ganged up on me, and I and I had a whole little sequence at, at the end of the book with all the whole cast and and them going back and forth about it, and just a humorous kind of thing because I didn't, I don't, that cliffhanger kind of left things not in a place that, not in a bad place. But I, I prefer to, the little boy in the story, I prefer to like, keep him in a, in a safe place at the end of every book, and I couldn't do that at the end of this one. So um, this way you got to see him again and see that he's okay, um, and just a cute little sequence to just... Oh, that is too I don't funny. like to leave things... I don't like to end things on, like, a, a sad note. So this way, that little bonus sequence is just pure, like, fun. So it ends things on a happier note. Um I just I, I don't like too. that when you read a book at the end that. and it and it upsets you or gets you and sad you go, what or what the hell just happened? Yeah, you're not gonna believe yeah. this, my dear one, but we are getting to the end of our hour. Oh, okay. See, I told you, <laughs> it flies by. It just it does, it does that. Once we get started, we've we've covered so many things. But ladies and gentlemen, she's already agreed to come back, so I will I will get up with her. And maybe bring her back in. Is January a good month for you to come back? Sure, I will hopefully have the next couple of the next three books that I've that um, the characters have promised readers out. I hope. <laughs> well, see, there you go. So she'll come back, yeah. And you will get a following on this show, or the characters will get. I'm not so sure about you now that the characters have taken over everything. Characters will probably get a following. <laughs> but that being said, actually- tell the. This is Go actually ahead. one of the first interviews I've done as me and not as the characters. Generally, if 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 people give me one of those written things, fill out the twenty questions, I let the characters fill it out, and it ends up being hilarious. Um, so it's just more interesting than you know. <laughs> but, it's, that way. but it's been so interesting today. So what I would like to do is for you to tell everybody where you can be found, where your characters can be found, where the books can be found. 
And um, no, y'all can't go yet because you don't know where she can be found. So you're just going to have to hold on and, and wait and see. So tell everybody where you can be found and where the books can be found. Um, you can find me at my website. It's um, com, and that's M-E-L-I-N-D-A-K-U-C-S-E-R-A.com. And you can see there's a link at the top that says enjoy our shenanigans. You can see back issues of the newsletter. They're in reverse chronological order, so you can kind of see what kind of mayhem they get up to each week um, and see if they're if you're kind of mayhem. <laughs> and... <laughs> And you can and, and you can join our newsletter. There's um, a link at the bottom of each one. Um, and my books are on. Three of my books are in pretty much every digital bookstore you can think of. If there's one that it's not in, just let me know, and I'll try to figure out how you get in there. Um, and I I have three of my books are only available in Amazon right now. I'm working on taking them uh, out to like a wider, out into the wide world. Um, a little bit more complicated than I realized, so um, I'm working on that. <laughs> so, and, and don't hang up when when the show goes dark. Sure. But I do want to say thank you so so much for spending an hour with me. It it went by way too fast. And next time we'll maybe talk to a character or two. So, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. Join us on Wednesday night when we start our week up again with a whole new cast of, of guests. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and for sharing the show. And you know there's a couple of things I always say at the end of every show. And one of them is people will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing. But they will never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. And everybody's on a journey, ladies and gentlemen, and sometimes that journey can be very difficult. So when you're out and about and someone is less than cordial, find something nice to say about them. Tell them they have a nice smile. Even if they haven't smiled at you, tell them they have a nice smile. I can promise you this. It will change not only the way they look at the world, but it will change the way that you look at the world and the way you feel inside. Because any time that you make someone else feel special, then you know that you are special. And and that is that is something else I say. You don't just feel special, be special. And if you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission, ladies and gentlemen, because nobody is going to give it to you. Just go out and achieve great. It doesn't matter what it is that you want to do. Just go out and do it. Don't ask permission. Just do it. Because there are people out there that live in a rabbit hole, and they want company there. And they don't mind who they drag down there with them. Their life is full of negativity, and they're not going to change. Cut the negativity out of your life. Life is too short. Achieve greatness, whether it's a garbage collector, whether it's a teacher, whether it's an awesome musician, whether it's the next president of the United States. Achieve greatness. So with that in mind, I want to say thank you once again to author Melinda Casera for spending an hour with me and being my guest and talking about a very painful subject, that is the the love and loss of her sister. I appreciate the education and and the information, and I know you all do too. And she is coming back. So with that being said, I want to say thank you again here from off the chain. 
I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest tonight, author Melinda Casera, and we know that you all are going to have an excellent, excellent rest of the weekend until Monday, uh, not Monday night, Wednesday night, ladies. But we start again. We wish you here all a good weekend, and we are now signing off. Yvonne Mason with Off the Chain and author Melinda Casera wish you a good night. Okay, now we are off the air, but everything you say will show sure. up in the archive part of the show. But just remember, when the show archives, I'm going to put the link up, and I'm going to tag you in sure. it. And then tomorrow, yes. when I load it up on all those podcasts, I will also put that link up and tag you in it and take it and run with it everywhere. That is my gift to you, my friend. Thank you. No, I will. Um, I will definitely do that. Uh, I, I Like I said, I wanted to put it in last week's newsletter, but I got so caught up in the the whole designer issue, I ended up putting, like, an SOS in the newsletter and being like, what do I do with this? And a couple of them and, and, were like, we like your covers and, already. Just do them yourself. Don't listen to what see, anybody else and, does. And say you weren't nervous at all. The hour flew by. True? Yeah, no, it was great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, we're going to do it again in January. I will send you a couple of dates, and you let me know what's good for you, and then we'll just have fun again, and you will get a following on this show. Trust me, you will get one. People will want to know what she's going to do next, what are the characters going to do next. So I will send you some dates. We'll get it set up, and then I will send all this to you. And thank you again so much, my dear. I appreciate you so, so much. Yeah, no, next time I would definitely love to let them know that. Um, I didn't get to put this to status and, and what we were saying is that the, the series that I have, like I gave my, the main character a condition <laughs> and, and I my sister. I couldn't do diabetes because I live in a fantasy world, so I did epilepsy instead because I thought. Whoa, um, sweet. See? It, it's, not, okay. it's not true epilepsy, but it, it's a fantasy brand of it. Um, there's so many, like, things where, like, you know, people do magic and it doesn't have a cost. And uh-huh. so I created something where there there is a cost, and he's you know he's got the little kid, and you know and that could be very difficult. If you're in a difficult situation, and you're using all this magic, and you suddenly have a seizure. Like what happens to your kid? <laughs> you know? Oh, that'll be that so neat to talk about. Because in it's real not, life, that happens too. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I haven't like researched a lot about epilepsy. I like I said, it's like a fantasy brand, so I needed it to conform to certain magical rules. I needed. Nobody really knows what causes epilepsy, so or what triggers seizures and things. So um, I made some part, some rules about that. There's certain things he does in the magic that will 100% of the time cause a seizure no matter what, and it creates some very interesting narrative challenges for me because I have to deal with that <laughs> and I have to keep the little boy safe somehow. So that we get it gets really creative and fun, and we've had some interesting characters that have been created to to help keep the little boy safe because this is not a horror series oh this is going to be so much fun we will delve into that in january yeah no yeah i i was i I just thought about that now i was like oh i didn't mention that (laughs) well we'll, we'll, that'll give us something else to bring up in january so i am going to get off of here and go check on my husband i left him sitting alone for an hour which i don't normally do it's usually someone sitting with him but Thank you again. I appreciate you so much, and I had a ball. I did, too. Thank you so much. This was such fun. You are quite welcome, and I'll send you all that stuff tomorrow, my darling. Thank you. I look forward to it. 
Okay. Good night. You too. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.